Welcome to the Psychosphere. My name is David Sutcliffe. And my guest today is my good friend, Angela I. Angela is a fellow core energetics slash radical aliveness practitioner. We went to the same training program and we have co-facilitated countless workshops together. I love working with her. She's absolutely brilliant. And she wanted to come on the podcast to interview me, which she did. We speak frequently about everything that's going on in the world, and she wanted to come on and uh, probe into my uh, my worldview, my philosophy. And so we do that, and we discuss uh, all the, the state of the world, the state of the country, Trump, the election, coronavirus, all of it, and uh, dig into the, uh, the underlying psychological material, the emotional material that we believe is, is motivating much of what's happening right now. And then we get into some personal stuff. So it's, it feels vulnerable to put this out, but I hope you will enjoy this conversation with Angela I. Hey. What's happening? What's up? <laughs> did you get all the way through it? I did not. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it not, I, I'm not done. I just. Was... Are you judging my girls? I'm not judging your girls. And Sounds you were like you're right. judging my girls. No, I'm not judging. They, I was they, right about were, what? You were Art. right. Like after a period of time, you start to realize that they are very smart. Yeah. Mm. But it's hard to keep listening. The vocal fry is real. This. It's like, <laughs> it's beyond. <laughs> It's that episode is particularly bad. I, I think they got into something. I think it becomes a bit of a shtick. Oh, because they started off talking about some kind of facial cleanse and Botox. I think they they went all the way into the Kim Kardashian. I think they were yeah. kind of doing some kind of imitation. Yeah, it's so interesting because maybe they've done that before. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And. Mm -hmm. I was just talking about this with my friend, Mary, uh, Mary, Mary, Mary that I know your friend, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. We love you, Mary. We love you. <laughs> but she was saying that, um, people can tell when things have been done before, like, you know, said before, you know, yes. it's like, like a little yes. shtick, right? yes. like what you just said. Yes. And I think, I think that's where like there's, there are those moments and I kind mm -hmm. of go, it takes me out. You know? Why? I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't like, I knew that they were talking about Kim Kardashian, but mm -hmm. I wasn't really listening because probably for this reason, like, it's like, I, I can hear the shtick in it, you know, right. as opposed to when they're really coming on to something that's like, that's, that they're, they're talking about mm. for the first time. See, and, which curious, it makes me like want to be inside the club and know what they're talking about and know that there's inside jokes that they're mm -hmm. referring to. You know, I mean, that's right. how Howard Stern works. That's how the No Agenda show works. They've got all this the inside jokes, Jim Rome show, all the radio shows that I listen to, they all have that. Oh, And then you get inside the club and then, you know, all the inside jokes and, you know, the, the different people they talk about and how they talk about them and becomes part of the community aspect of it. Oh, that's cool. It is that's, cool. That's an interesting way to think about it too. Mm -hmm. but I just I guess do a lot of radio. 
Did you or did you ever were you into radio shows? Mm-mm. No. No, not really. I uh, when I came to I wasn't I didn't really listen to much radio in in Toronto, but when I came to LA, you're in your car all the time. This is obviously pre podcast, pre iPhone, pre pre. Uh, what was the what, they, what was the, I can't even remember the name of the original players. Oh, no. What's that? No, the first oh. the iPod. Pre-iPod. So all you had was the radio. And it was Howard Stern and Jim Rome. And obviously we know who Howard Stern is. Jim Rome is a sports guy. But they had the same format, essentially. Um, what I just described, you know, partly community and part part reality show. I mean, people often talk about Howard Stern having the original reality show because it would pull people in from the office, you know, interns and bring them in, mm -hmm. carry stories over. Like what happened on your date last night? Or Gary, oh, I heard you got in a right. fight with your wife, you know, and then they use it for content on the show. But, but you're, but that's still new, you know, like the listener is listening to something that they haven't spoken about. It's like what happened last night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a conversation that has been like almost you know, rehearsed. Do you know what I'm saying? These girls are on the cutting edge, man. Well, they're doing but, their thing. That's what I like about it. It's like the whole appeal of the show. We're talking about the Red Scale, Red Scare podcast, by the way. Um, is that they seem to not give a shit. I mean, obviously right. they do. You know, everything is a performance on some level, and they're conscious about what they're doing. But that that attitude is that we don't really care. We're gonna say what we want and we're gonna have fun with it and we're going to amuse ourselves. And there's something about that that I, I like. I find it liberating. Maybe just Totally. Yeah. No, no, no. I absolutely agree. And um that that that's what's great about that podcast actually is they're just having fun. Like this mm -hmm. is for them, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. And if you want to come along on our ride that we're having, then you're you're welcome. Which is the reason I think that you wanted me to listen to this, this, po this podcast before we did this. That's right. Because we're going to have fun. <laughs> are we, are we having fun? Are you having fun? I'm you starting have, to have fun. <laughs> you have a red camping mug. Is that well, in your reg regular repertoire of mugs in your cupboard or? Now it is. On? Well, because my husband, Ferd, uh, mm -hmm. wanted these, what are these called? It's like uh, I forget aluminum. what they're called. They're those camping style yeah. mugs. And uh, so he wanted those. So he got a couple for when we go camping. Mm -hmm. And when you put hot water in them, yeah, it stays unbelievably hot. Does it? Yeah. That's good. I like that. I wonder why. Wouldn't, no. wouldn't they have regular mugs that could do that? Don't, uh, what are mugs no, made of? No, like, I mean, you know, like the pottery clay stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They stay kind of hot, but not like this hot. I think it mm -hmm. has something to do with the, whatever this is made of, aluminum, or I'm not sure. I don't you know. know. But it's, it's the material that makes it stay hot, and it's good. What are you drinking? <laughs> Why is that funny? Because if this actually airs, <laughs> lots of people will laugh at this. I'm drinking hot water. Okay, people? <laughs> Don't judge me. You're just drinking <laughs> hot water? 
you have lemon in there or honey Chinese, or anything? Chinese person drinking hot water. Just hot water. <laughs> yes. That yes. That is weird. Is that a Chinese thing? I mean, that's what a lot of people have told me. <laughs> that it's a Chinese really? Thing. Yeah. Like, I think my mom drinks hot water. I mean, people, yeah. people, people in my family drink hot water. There's a lemon. You can have a lemon right there. Yeah, and sometimes have a lemon you put in lemon there. in. Sometimes I do, but you know. You like it. What do you like about it? It's just it's very soothing in your body. Mm. And there's there's nothing, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna like get a high from a caffeine thing or you're True. not gonna um I don't know, like acid reflux from a lemon or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just safe. hot water. Yeah. Safe but good. Mm. I just had some, uh, what did I have? Some cacao, oh. some mushroom thing. It gives you a little buzz, the cacao. Yeah. Wait, gives you a little... cacao with mushrooms? No, cacao with this mushroom powder stuff. So oh. You add it in right. and it, it's, it's okay. It's supposed to give you some kind of energy. I stopped drinking. I mean, I'm still drinking coffee, but I'm only drinking it in the morning. I used to drink, have a cup in the afternoon. To wake me up, but I gave that up. I'm sleeping much better. I'm sleeping great, oh, which is good. great. Yeah, sleeping Are you really dreaming? well. I am dreaming. I'm not remembering my dreams, uh, which is interesting because usually when I have a, I had a significant dream recently. Um, I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I record them all, as you know, on my phone when I have a significant dream, and then usually play them well sometimes i'll share them with you because you're pretty good at dream analysis and or i will uh, just listen to it uh a couple weeks later and usually you know it starts to make more sense no i haven't recorded any dreams lately hmm. last one was september is that could that be that's a long time ago a dream I was with Catherine. Oh, she's a girl um, with the high school with. And boy, I just saw on Facebook recently, I guess wrote some kind of novel that was turned into a movie. Mm, like I can't, I, I actually, I don't think I should share that. because <laughs> <laughs> Well, is it going to reveal something about Catherine? Yeah. There's some oh, okay. personal things, Catherine in high school and there was rumors and I, I don't want to get into, uh, but she, anyway, yeah, this person I went to high school with. Okay, but but can we can we do mm -hmm. a little dream analysis? Yeah. So who who does Catherine mm -hmm. who does she represent to you? Like, what if you had to describe her? How would you describe her? Well, no, it, it's a she was uh, in high school. She was a little bit of an oddity, uh, smart, very smart woman, but a little um, uh, attractive, but a little strange. You know, didn't mm -hmm. wasn't quite uh, normal, and seemed to uh, be fine with that. Although who knows? Um, I'm sure underneath she was like a regular high school girl wanting love and attention from everybody, but uh, she seemed to do fine. And uh, so I don't know. We're Facebook friends, and I, she never came up. I never paid much attention to her, but I guess she wrote a screenplay, and it got made into a movie. Mm. So she was you know, sharing that on uh, Facebook. And I was surprised to see that. And then I, and apparently she'd written a, a novel. So she's a writer. And, and I didn't you were know surprised? Any of this. Not really, uh, actually, knowing her from high school that, you know, she was a smart woman. But uh, it was just, I didn't know that she was in, 
the show business at all. I didn't know that she was, you know, trying to write or sell screenplays. I mean, why would I know? So it's just interesting to me. And there was, I, for, I, I could be getting this totally wrong, but I seem to recall that there was some, the story was something kind of had a sexual element to it. It was about a woman and there was some kind of darkness to it, which, which made sense to me, you know, remembering her from high school and um, uh, yeah. And then I had a dream about her. So what does she represent to me? Maybe I was I mean, surprised yeah. and impressed that she put herself out there in that way and she was being successful and um, true to her essence somehow. So mm -hmm. your inner Catherine, mm -hmm. um, so you have this like Dark Smart. sexuality that I want to show the world. <laughs> I like that you, you started with that, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably true. <laughs> right. It is but, true. It's very but true. There's like an, an odd oddness to you, you know, mm -hmm. but, the, but, but still like a high school, you know, the underneath yeah. just wants love and attention and, yeah. um, is, uh, smart, mm -hmm. you know, and then, but, and is okay with herself in that way. Yeah. And, um, but then goes off and does something surprising. Not that it's surprising because, she, you know, she couldn't do it, but just there's something that's surprising about it. Mm -hmm. That's and bold. So, it's bold. Yeah, it's bold. Right. She's successful. Oh, right. So, I mean, I guess just from that, I would, I would venture to say like, there's something that wants to come out of you. That's probably going to surprise people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, there's a lot of things to say here. Uh, like, because like in high school, you know, I was a captain of the basketball team in high school. I was, you know, I was the, um, a prom king. So I, in some way I was completely the most mainstream kind of person. And I, and I was friends with a lot of different kinds of people. I wasn't in, I mean, I was sort of jockey, but I was kind of crossed all the, the cliques, the cliques mm -hmm. in high school. And was able to fit in everywhere, but uh, but I always felt like a weirdo, and I guess we all do in some way. But I always felt a little odd, and it wasn't until I got older where I I, I, I feel that like I, it's hard for me to like I don't know fit in with the. I look at what normal people are doing. Like I look on an Instagram, right, and I see what all these kind of coaches are doing and how they're <laughs> doing it. And there's some part of me that can do that, but there's just another part of me that just. It, I, I want to take it into a whole different, odd, more provocative mm. direction, and which is probably what's going to happen. You know, if I keep writing and keep making videos, I have a feeling it's going to get more and more personal and more revealing and less, mm, I don't know, what's one of my, just weirder. Mm-hmm. More you know, human. More human. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's part of what I struggle with is embra fully embracing my weirdness. Like there's some part of me always wants to fit into the mainstream, mm -hmm. be part of it, be part which of the cool did. kids, which yeah, I did. I did, but I never quite never quite feel comfortable there. And then I always think it's, it's just, I have some, there's something wrong with me. Like, why can't I fit in here? Cause there's a lie. 
What's the lie? You mean there's a lie with the cool kids? There is a no, lie. No, 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 no. There's oh. no, there's a lie. <laughs> Those fuckers. They're, te- they're lying. No. They're bad. No, there's a no, lie no. in you. What's the lie in me? That you're not, that, like you, you have, you're, you're not that. I mean, and maybe a lot of them are not that either, but it's. True. But, but I think some of them are sincerely that. Yeah. And it's right. good. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not that. And you, I wish I was that. Don't you right. wish you were that sometimes? It of seems like it'd be easier. Uh, in some ways. I mean, if you were really that, then yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But you're not. I think it's probably just easier to be. This is going to sound so corny. Just you. you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think about everything that's gone on in the last, you know, four years with Trump and then the whole fiasco uh, with the storm, the Capitol controversy, you know, I'm out, I'm out. Mm. And um, not You're fully. out in, in what ways? I'm out publicly as a uh, enemy of the left, any enemy of their kind of thinking which, you know, in their mind. So my, my, I've been, I've been kicked out of my tribe basically. Mm-hmm. So you're out, you're out of the tribe. I'm out of the tribe. You're also and, out like you're. Yeah. I'm free in some way. I'm free, but it's a little scary to be, right. it's, it's scary to be, I get it. I get people who don't want to, they want to conform to the tribe, mm-hmm. whether they do it consciously or unconsciously. It's, it's scary to get kicked out of your tribe. It's all, you know, Right. It feels, and they, it feels like they kind of want to kill you because otherwise you go to the other tribe mm-hmm. right. and then you're, you, you, their force gets stronger. And then you, so you get weaker. Like there is, it's, it, it's real. Mm. Like that whole element is real. This tribal mentality that humans have and that we're seeing right now, dividing along lines of, I guess, left and right or safety versus freedom and it's uh, it's intense. I spent uh, I had dinner with my neighbors yesterday. Older couple. I hadn't really met them, but you know we were feeling each other out for the first couple hours until <laughs> we realized we were on the same page with everything, and then oh. we we uh, let loose with with uh, what we thought about everything that was going on. And with Trump and coronavirus and all the rest of it. And then uh, and then I visited some friends who are up for the weekend. And same thing, you know, just went over there. We started, spent four hours talking about all this stuff, you know, around uh, just just feeling like there is uh, the, the, the certain factions on the, I, I guess, the political left. I don't even know if, you know, that's exactly what it is. But certain factions of the population... Um, do not want you to think differently than them. And if you do, you're going to be punished. You have to take the coronavirus very seriously. You have to follow the protocols. You have to hate Trump. And if you don't, you're, uh, you're in big trouble. And uh, it just seems like there's a real intolerance on that side and, and massive distortion. And, uh, and that, that's all we can talk about. And it, it, it in a way, is boring why are we talking about it all the time? Like what's it inside us? You have to examine that. 
but it's because it's painful and it's shocking and it's scary. It's scary to have people that you know, friends, family, you completely do not see things eye to eye. You're literally living in two different realities. And you can't, you cannot see each other. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I can see them. I just, I just think they're crazy, but obviously <laughs> they think that I'm crazy. Well, but are you really seeing them if you're also judging them at the same time? Well, I can get out of my judgment, I think, and see that they're scared. That the fear is real. And do you relate to the fear? Of course. I can I can have compassion for the place where people are in their fear around coronavirus or in their they're in their fear around Trump and what they thought he represented. I, I can of course it's primal. It's the stories that they're telling themselves about that fear is is where I have a hard time connecting. And then mm. what they're doing with that fear, which is it seems to me they're trying to shame, judge, and uh, to varying degrees oppress through a certain kind of censorship, social censorship, not officially sanctioned censorship, but so, so, social censorship. Um, and that's real. That that feel it feels that's how it feels to me. I feel like I'm not allowed to say certain things. I mean, even saying this now, I'm scared, scared to say what I really think. Well, what what do you think is going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think there's I think we're in a some kind of psychic, spiritual civil war. But what what are you actually? What are you afraid is going to happen to you specifically? Oh, that I'm going to be uh, ostracized, shamed, judged, silenced, censored for things that I think or say. I mean, that's already happened to you. It's already happened to me, and it it, it will for... happen. But but it, it what are the consequences of it? I mean, I'll still. There's, there's enough people on the other side that, you know, that I, I, you can't really be canceled. You can just be kicked out of your tribe, but, but they do the, 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 the there is a mainstream. I mean, they're, you know, they just mm -hmm. canceled Trump. I mean, Trump's gone. Where's Trump? I mean, it's kind of scary. The guy was the president of the United States and they just kicked him off every social media platform there is like, he's gone. It, that's a little scary to me. And they did it. To be it, kicked off. Yeah. And, and then when you're kicked off, what happens? Well, it's a form of uh, annexation, annihilation, exclusion. Mm -hmm. I mean, people say, well, it's just off social media platforms, but that's, that's, we have a whole digital life. It's as real as a real life now. Mm -hmm. I would argue. And that's where most people are a lot of people, I don't know most people, but a lot of people earn their living mm -hmm. uh, to, to some degree. And right. so if you kick somebody off social media or off the internet in some way, you know, you, it's a, it's, it's massive blow to them. Mm -hmm. It's huge financially, socially, it's like a huge cost and there's no recourse. There's no way to get back in there's no appeal i mean when i got kicked off instagram i, I don't know what happened it was a mistake i think remember this yeah. remember a couple of years ago when when uh 
somebody was impersonating me. A whole bunch of people were impersonating me. Mm -hmm. And so finally I reported the impersonation, the impersonators. And uh, there's a way to do that on the app. And, uh, and suddenly my account was disabled because I wasn't, they said you were impersonating. I'm like, no, 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 I'm the guy. I'm the one, I'm the one who reported it. And I don't know if I filled out the form or I don't know what was going on, but like, how could you, you know, they have to know that it came from my account. The report came from my account. So even right. if I, I don't know, it was very strange. And so you can appeal. And so I appealed. Then I got a message a couple of days later um, from a Facebook address, uh, email address, obviously Facebook and Instagram, same, same thing. And, uh, it said, okay, yeah, you, you need to send us a picture of your ID driver's license. Uh, you know, and your hand has to be in the frame. Your face has to be in the frame. Like we have to see that you're holding it. So I did it exactly as they said and sent it in and I never heard from them. And I followed up a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, four weeks later, I tried again to contact them on the app, nothing. And the feeling, because it, it, there's no one to talk to. There's nobody there. Nobody's responding to you. It's this nameless, faceless, faceless entity. And you're just out. And it, it's like a, not a good feeling because it's not like there's a human being, even if there's a human being saying, we don't care about you, motherfucker. Fuck you. Uh -huh. Not life's not fair, bitch. Like at least that's something, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, this guy's an asshole or they're being an asshole. This is nothing. It's like, it's being like you're in the void. Yeah. You're being ghosted. It's well, you were ghosted by Instagram. I was ghosted by Instagram. <laughs> so, you know, and again, I, I don't think there was anything nefarious. I think it was just a mistake, but the, the fact is they did make a mistake. I had 20,000 followers on Instagram, but the feeling of it was very, uh, it was, it, it didn't. Yeah. It was, scary it was, it was kind of scary because Did you could you, just feel they could do that to anybody at any time and you're mm, out you're done right and I then you got to start over so i had to start an instagram all over one new follower two new followers <laughs> three new followers all how over many, how i'm back followers? up to like 7500 but you lost a bunch yeah i lost twenty thousand, or right. maybe twenty five thousand. right so that the point is, this is real, mm -hmm. this, uh, annexing off social media, you know, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever. And the, and the way they, I mean, they, they, the way they rank search engines, the search engines, the way they rank material that has a huge impact on things and they can disappear history. Google can make history go away. They don't like something of some article about, you know, they just make it go away. It's just, it's not there. Mm. Google controls, I don't know, 80% or 90% of the search engine market. I mean, you saw what happened with Parler, the app, the alternative app to Twitter. When all this I stuff didn't... was going down with Trump, people started to, well, we're going to all sign up for Par Parler, all the conservatives. We're going to go to Parler. And then... Apple decided they were going to take them off from the app store, remove them from the app store. And then Amazon, which I guess controls 80% of the internet through their servers, said we're not going to host the website. Mm. So you're 
parlor's done. That's, you know, it's a little, it's a yeah. little scary, the kind of power that these tech companies have. And, you know, it's not government sanctioned. These are just private entities. And I guess they can do whatever they want, but I mean, that's the argument they can make, but if, if they're monopolies, can they? I mean, I think that this shit has to be regulated, unfortunately. Um, can we just go back to something? Yes. Um, like what you said about the fear that you, you could feel that the left has, or, you know, certain people, yeah, certain people, mm -hmm. um, the fear that they have would cause them to say, um, Hey, what you guys are doing is really dangerous. And therefore, like what we're actually doing is for the good of the whole. Yeah, of course. That's what Stalin said. It's what Hitler said. I mean, it's not an argument. It's not, it's not an argument. It's like, I'm afraid. Mean? So we have to change it. So I don't have to feel afraid anymore. We have to change society. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, I don't see how okay. that's okay. But what's I mean, wrong I get with it. What do you mean? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with like not wanting to have a society where I don't feel afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantasy. It's a okay, delusion. But, but, uh, There's no safety in the world. There's no such thing as safety. Safety is an illusion. You're never safe. You're not safe. And the demand for safety is the demand of a child. I need to feel safe all the time. I need the government to make me feel safe. I need them to change the world so I feel safe. Okay, but I'm going to just speak in this energy, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm... Yeah, but I don't want to be scared by a bully for four fucking years. It's, I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is democracy. You live in a country with other people. And part of being a citizen of the country is to respect the, the will of the American people. Just like you want when you person gets, when your person gets in, you want the other half of the country to respect democracy. Don't you? I mean, other people don't, they don't think like you. I mean, this is the problem. It's the demonization. It's the demonization of everybody who doesn't think like them. I mean, they're, they're, they're out there calling all Trump support. Right now, they're calling all, basically all Trump supporters indirectly, but it's that's the vibe. They're white supremacists or white supremacists adjacent or they're supporters of white supremacists. I mean, you know, Imran Kendi just on Twitter today, I was like, yeah, white supremacists storming the Capitol in an attempted coup. I heard Tara Brock say that on her podcast. Tara Brock, meditation teacher, talking about, you know, spirituality and everything. And all of a sudden she's like, and you know, there's a lot of, how do we deal with the hatred of these white supremacists and this attempted coup? And I was like, what? White supremacists attempted coup. That is a, uh, that's an intense framing of that situation. I know a lot of people believe it, but did they not see the danger of that? What's the difference between that and saying all Muslims are racist or all Muslims are terrorist? It's like all Trump supporters are, 
are white supremacists or supporting it in some way and they've got to they've got to get out of it they've got to renounce it in some way what is the difference there is no difference you're taking a class of people a category of people and based on their belief system you're marginalizing them and demonizing them they can't see their own bigotry and it's completely motivated by their fear they're just afraid of something they don't understand i'm not saying there's not bad people on the right i'm not saying there wasn't bad people in the uh in the in that uh riot at the capitol but it's okay. also it's 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 also it's politically motivated to characterize it as a coup okay but wait mm -hmm. like on some level all like everything that you just said i i heard you yeah but energetically it just yeah. feels like blah 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 Why? and that you because it feels like you're there's some way in which you're also judging me. I am you know? judging you. I'm 100% yeah. judging you. Yeah, and in that judgment, it doesn't feel good. Well, uh, what do you want? What would you like from me? What do you want me to understand that I, that I don't understand? What do you want me to see? Like, if you want me to agree with you that Trump is a fascist dictator and that no, all of his No, see that I'm a are, person. I see that you're a person. Do you see that I'm a person? Do you feel that I'm a person? I do. do Absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think I kept my mouth shut for four years about all this? Because I knew that people were legitimately traumatized. But do you actually feel me? Yes. I feel that. You, yes. I feel your terror. No, you don't feel my terror. Mm -hmm. I see that you're scared. I see that you're scared. What I cannot tolerate and will not tolerate is the story you tell yourself about that fear because it's a threat to me. When you call me a white nationalist, right? Or you or white supremacist when you, or you suggest it indirectly, that's, that is some kind of, uh, it's a threat. It's a threat to me. So well, in the face of somebody who does You kind of look like a white nationalist to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, you, yeah. It's what? It's, it's, that's true for me. I mean, just in this energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and I, I, I understand that it's true for you. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do about it. Like I, where, how can I have compassion? I mean, I can have compassion, but I also have to stand up and defend myself. Well, when you, yeah, but when you do that, yeah, I react to your defense. Okay. What would you like me to do? That's, that's a good start. <laughs> I mean, if, did you see a friend, a mutual friend of ours went on Facebook uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago and tried to find the middle ground and said, Hey, you know, maybe we should all try to see each other and understand that we're all mm -hmm. human. And you know who I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, I thought it was, it was beautiful mm -hmm. and she's a great person and mm -hmm. she handles herself really well online. And I don't 
see her being judgmental or arrogant or defensive about anything. It was about the nicest, fairest statement you could make Mm -hmm. trying to bring some unity. (laughs) And the top comment that everybody liked was like, well, Trump fucking a fascist and his followers are Nazis. So yeah, no. (laughs) You know, and so like at a certain point, what the fuck am I supposed to do? It's like, how many times am I going to get punched in the face before I'm going to say, fuck you? I'm going to get a gun. If you punch me again, that's it. That's what it feels like to me. Well, I feel the same thing from you. What am I doing to you? You're scaring me. How? You're going to you're going to get a gun. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to get a gun. That's correct. Yeah, so I got to protect myself. I mean, yes, okay, I see it's going back and forth. Yeah. And you're saying I scared you first. I'm saying, yes, I am am saying in this case, it's like you are the intolerant one. I am willing to be in this country with you. I am willing to listen to your beliefs. I am willing to work with you there. But the moment you refer to me, I'm not sitting here saying you're a fucking communist. These commie socialists need to be stopped. I could go there and there's a legitimate argument for that, but that that is incredibly divisive. But that's exactly what I feel like you're doing to me. Fascist, white supremacist, Nazi, dictator. I, I, there's I, there's no way out from that. As soon as you evoke the Nazi white supremacists, it's it's over. It's I don't know. Over, I don't know. We, it's I don't, over. We win. I guess. I mean, it just feels like hysteria to me. It just feels like hysteria generated by the media. Well, maybe we want to win. Well, I mean, maybe you guys should own your shadow. Maybe own the part of you that wants to actually kill. Like, stop pretending you're the good ones. You're the nice ones. We care about people. We care about healthcare. And own, like, the part of you that wants to win, that wants to be in charge, that wants to control, that wants to to press a button and have all the Trump supporters go away. I mean, that's what happened in that process, you know, that we did with... What's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And we had it out. And that's what he said at the end. He's like, yeah, I just want to press a button <laughs> and make you guys all go away. Just kill you all. Okay, and we I cannot. Was, we uh, cannot talk about this. Why? No. Why? No. Why? Nobody no. knows. Well, I'm talking about it. Nobody knows who we're talking about. If they listen, they'll know who they're talking about. Oh, good. We're- Fuck him is what I got to say. Fuck him. I don't give a shit. He's fucking talking shit about me all over town. Nobody knows, nobody in the public knows who we're talking about. I could bleep it out, whatever. S, the man who will remain unnamed. You know, and as soon as it came out of his mouth, he stopped. He realized, it's like, yeah, dude. It's all disowned shadow and it's all projection. Everything that they're accusing the other side of, they're doing. Everything, it's all projection. Not to say that some of the projection isn't true. Some of the accusations aren't true. There's a lot of bad people on the right. And there are there are legit white supremacists in the country, but I, I don't think it's an epidemic. I don't think it's the vast majority of people. I don't I just don't believe I think to that. have to some people it feels like the vast majority. 
well, then we've got a real problem. It's just, there's, what's the difference between that and saying that all Muslims are terrorists and it's a real problem and we've got to stop the flow of Muslims into our country or saying, you know, Jews, you know, we got to be the Jews. You got to be careful. Watch the Jews. I don't really see the difference. The only difference is it's just, well, there's no difference. It's just at this moment in time, it's just open season on white people. You're allowed, just like at certain points in time, you're allowed to marginalize black people. You're allowed to marginalize Jews at certain times, you know, women socially acceptable. And right now it's always, always somebody's the enemy. Society always has to have somebody who's the enemy. And right now it's white people, white men specifically. And they're basically what they're saying is, well, you've been in power and control forever. So you need to just take it. And my response to that is no, I'm not taking it. It's not right. It's not fair. And it's not good. It's just about power. You're creating this whole story that it's about equality. And there's something in that that's, that's real. And I'm willing to listen to that. But it's all power. It's all about power. And it's just a game that they're playing. And it's, it's got to be exposed. We got, I mean, look, and it's fine. It's just what the world is. It's just what the world is. It's all a game of thrones. That's why that show is so popular because we saw ourselves in it. That's what we are doing. That's what this country is. And we tell ourselves a story. We want Barack Obama up there with a big smile, eloquent, dignified, speaking about unity and peace, you know, this idealized self-image. That's, that's how we want to see ourselves. It just, but it's not fucking true. That's that's more than anything what I'm about or trying to preach, just to come into the, the reality of what's actually true, which is hard to face. It's hard to face who we are, that we're basically half a step out of the jungle, still pretty much acting like primates, barely evolved, barely conscious. That's the truth. We're driven by emotion. We're, we, yeah, our technology is amazing. But a hundred years, 500 years, a thousand years, we're going to look back at our current civilization, the way that we look at fucking apes. <laughs> we'll see them as crude and primitive and cruel and ridiculous. And we should be humble to that and, and then maybe see the beauty in it. But the illusion that we're living in to get to the next level, to evolve, we have to come to terms with it. We have to come to terms with our own darkness on both sides, everybody. I mean, it's right, you know, it's right in front of our faces, but instead we want to project it onto to somebody else. It's some other group. It's some other person. It's some other belief system. It's, it's all their fault. That's what I see happening. And look, I'm sure my uh, point of view is I'm, I'm biased. I can't get over my own bias, but this is how I feel. This is what I see. I mean. What is your bias? Well, I'm, I'm a person in the world and I'm trying to, uh, uh, I want to have what I want to have. I want to, I want to live my dreams and I'm, 
I'm sure I'm, as a man, I have a, a certain kind of bias. I'm, I'm sure as a, a white person, I have a certain kind of bias. There's things that I don't see. I mean, I, don't, I can't live in somebody else's shoes, but I am willing to, I want to be open to understanding everybody's experience. I feel very committed to that. And I don't claim that my way of seeing things is like the absolute way, but I, what I'm interested in is, is truth. And I'm, what I'm fighting for, what I feel like I'm fighting for in this place is actually truth, deeper truth, which to me leads to more connection. Because I feel that when you're, you're consistently talking about race and gender and all the problems associated with it, you just create more of it. It's kind of how energy works. I mean, if you're in a relationship, if you all you inferred did was talk about your problems 24-7 and everything that's wrong in the relationship, that that's that's not healthy. It's not good. You need to, you need to, you know, when there's problems, you need to look at them, you need to address them, you need to be honest. But you also have to celebrate your love. And you have to grow and and move past, you know, if if, if one of you cheated or something. And, you know, 10 years ago, and you resolved it and forgave. And then 10 years later, you're still bringing it up. It's like, well, that's not fucking cool. That's not fair. Mm. You have to move past this stuff. I mean, just on a human level, that's the best way to operate. But that's, as a society, it seems like that's what we're doing. We're constantly telling ourselves how bad America is, how wrong it is, how systemically, like we're systemically racist at the core. It's like, dude, didn't we end slavery? Didn't, didn't America have slavery and then didn't we stop it? Like, can't we get a fucking <laughs> pat on the back for, hey, you did a bad thing and then you, 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 you literally went to war. By the way, tons of fucking white, young white men died. Hundreds of thousands in that fucking battle to end slavery. You know, you could you could you could focus on whatever you want to focus on. And again, I'm not suggesting that racism isn't a thing and it shouldn't be addressed. And there's not inequality. There is. But I also think, you know, we talked about this last time. I don't think it's, I think it's more class than race. And I I do think there is a conspiracy, whether it's conscious or not, I don't know. To uh, have us focus on the differences, our racial differences, because otherwise poor whites and poor blacks are going to get together and realize what the fuck we should be on the same team. We're getting, we're both getting fucked over. And if that ever happened, you'd have a real class war and they don't want that. You think, you think the, the ruling powers want that? Of course not. But that's, what's true. That's more true than anything else. They have more in common than, uh, than anyone, poor whites and poor blacks and poor whatever. So it's, it's, to me, it's about class and it's a, again, it's a natural thing. Like, you know, powerful people want to hold on to their power and they'll do whatever they have to do to hold on to it. This is, this is, you know, this is what history has shown us and it's here now and they'll manipulate, they'll lie and they'll lie to themselves. They'll tell themselves all kinds of shit and believe it to, uh, but all in the end of the at the end of the day, all they're really concerned about is consolidating their own power. That's who human beings are. So I don't know. I, you know, that's that's what I see. 
going on and we get and i get caught in all the fucking bullshit too but so i don't know what that all means but i'm pro-revolution <laughs> french revolution you know i mean i was you know i, I was into it storming the capital i thought it was fucking awesome it's like you know that's the place to go yeah these are the motherfuckers who are they're fucking you over it's like i thought it was good if you want my honest opinion I'm not for violence. I wish, you know, like the fact that a cop got killed, the people who, who perpetrated violence and destruction should go to jail and should go to jail for a long time. But the, uh, the protests on the Capitol building is, uh, I support it. Because those motherfuckers are corrupt. And they've been fucking us over. I mean, 2008, you know, I don't understand how people can't see this. Trillions of dollars went to the bank and the, the American people got shit. And the same thing's happening over and over and over again. They're just printing money. Where's that money going? What have we got so far? $1,200 and now we're going to get another 2000 for the year? We're, that's nothing. We're sending money all over the world and fucking banks and corporations are getting all kinds of fucking bailouts during this time. Not small businesses, not the people. It's a scam. The whole thing's a fucking scam. That's what I see. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm with, yeah, I'm with BLM. I'm with these people who are, I mean, maybe I don't share the exact same uh, philosophy or the, you know, the, the uh, solution to the problem, but the, the basic impulse that I think is in both BLM and the Trump supporters, which is like, this system is fucking rigged. Fuck that. That's the energy. That's what happened with GameStop. People can feel it. And by the way, it's nothing, like I said, it's nothing new. This is just the cycle of, this is what happens. It's normal. Wait, what happened to the GameStop? You don't know what happened with the GameStop? No. Um, so there's a, uh, a Reddit thread, Reddit community, Wall Street, what are they called? Wall Street something. And uh, they're it's investing. They're investors, and they're they they talk about investments and and uh, share investment advice. I guess whatever. It's a Reddit community, and um, uh, there's some smart guys there. Probably a lot of smart guys. And they saw that uh, one of the major hedge hedge funds was shorting the stock, Game Stock, which is essentially means they were betting on it to go down, the stock to go down, and. You know, without getting into all the details of how it works, I mean, I, I didn't understand. I watched a lot of videos to understand. But uh, this group of people in this Reddit community all decided to buy GameStop. They're like, let's all buy a ton of GameStop and drive the price up. <laughs> and, you know, we'll all make a lot of money. And then we're going to fuck over this hedge fund. And if the stock price goes up, because at a certain date, what happens is the hedge fund has to back they have to buy back shares of of uh GameStop. That's how the shorting of stock works. On a certain date, you have you have to buy at whatever the price is. And they're betting that the price is small uh, or lower, and that's how they make money. So, but if the price is high, they still got to buy. They are obligated to buy. So they knew that these people were gonna have to buy a shitload of stock, which is gonna make the price go even higher. Mm. Oh. So these guys are gonna buy stock, raise the price, and then these guys have to buy more stock at that price, the hedge fund guys, which makes the stock go even higher. Now they all make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, it's beautiful. It's basically, you know, they are, the whole system's rigged and these guys figured out uh, how to use that rig system for their, to their advantage. And there was this huge blowout, people taking sides. Obviously there's, you know, the populists were like, yeah, way to go guys, way to go Wall Street, Reddit bros. Um, you stuck it to the man. And then there was the institutional power who were like, this isn't fair. You're not allowed to do that. This is not the rules of the game. Wait a minute. And you could see, you know, who, who the, you could see who was the, taking sides and who, who people were supporting. And a lot of the mainstream were obviously supporting the, uh, the hedge funds because that's the side they're on. Or, you know, we're being very careful about what they said, but it was, it was like a huge day. Wow on uh on twitter following all this and elon musk weighed in on it and and they ended up um limiting how many shares you could buy or, or yeah you could sell but you couldn't buy and and you know so the institutions came in and kind of shut it down and tried to control it and it just created this whole argument and in some way it was another insurrection on the financial system and it just demonstrated the power of the people and if people get together and all decide to do something, they they have a tremendous amount of power. And and then Bitcoin went up because mm -hmm. everybody started buying Bitcoin and Dogecoin. It became a whole thing. And it was just it, it what it represented it, to me was something very very powerful. And you could feel this you know this kind of revolutionary populist uh, attitude, this this feeling in the air and I think it's here and I don't think it's going away. And I think it's on both the left and the right. I mean, the, the fact is Bernie and Trump were both incredibly popular and they're both populist. Trump is a right-wing populist, Bernie's a left-wing populist. They they have the same complaints. They just have a different idea about how, how to go about solving the problem. You know, what what policy should be implemented to to solve it, but the actual complaint the system is rigged they both share that both bernie bros and trump bros that's how they feel this system is fucking rigged obviously the right feels like you know we have to uh take the corruption out of the game and free it up more freedom more and more freedom less regulation all of that mm -hmm. and uh the left feels like no we have to regulate more to make it fair for everybody and mm -hmm. i can you know it's probably somewhere in the middle both there's 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 room for both uh concepts you need you need both um so that's what i see going on and i don't think it's going away and i think it's really interesting and the fact that they are putting fences up around the white house and the capitol building <laughs> again as a symbol putting fences up can't get in keeping people out keeping the people out and just, you know what I mean? Like, think about if you're running a government and you got to put fences up because you're afraid the people are going to storm. Do you think maybe you're doing something wrong? That they're so pissed at you? No, they're not thinking that. What they're saying is, oh, no, no, it's it's a group of crazy Trump Trumpkins, white nationalists, domestic terrorists. Oh, my God. It's, you know, they're, they're going to, that's what they're doing characterize one group of people and still fear. That's the story they want to tell. Otherwise they have to take responsibility for the fact that they've, they've completely let down 
the American people. They're, the whole thing is fucking corrupt. And they're not going to do that. So I don't know where it all plays out, but, and it just seems like they're using the coronavirus, you know, whatever you believe about the coronavirus, it, it does seem to me that they're using it to sort of implement some kind of control, whether it's even a psychic control. Again, I don't know that they're doing it consciously, but I think they're afraid. I think they see what's happening. Obviously when Trump got elected, it had to scare the shit out of a lot of people in power. They realized they didn't have control over the situation. Holy fuck. And they want to regain back control. And, you know, the coronavirus is in some way an opportunity to do that. Mass people up, keep them at home, put down orders, you know. And uh, <laughs> everybody obey, which is what you do, right? If you're a parent and you're overwhelmed and your kids are freaking out, eventually you're just going to fucking freak out and scream, everybody to your room, get to your fucking room. You're just going to like lose your mind and like lock it down because you can't handle what's going on. And you don't want to, and secretly you're going like, I failed as a parent. Why can't I control these kids? Like, what is it? Why are they freaking out so bad? Like what's going on? I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel my own failure, my own, uh, you know, deficiency here. So I'm just going to like, lock everything down until I feel safe and back in control. That's what's happening. That's what I see psychically. Again, you know, I don't, it's not, not, it's not a literal conspiracy. It's all unconscious, but it makes sense to me. That's what I do. That's how I know all this shit. <laughs> That's how I figure it out. I'm like, what would I do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if I really let myself go there and I was a complete psycho, it's like, what would I do? Oh, yeah, I do that. I do this. I do that. Like, of course, if I had all kinds of power, I'd want to run the world. I can feel the part of me wants to run the world. You know, have total power over everything, have all the money, all the control, tell everybody what to do. And that would be great. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be king? It's a natural human instinct. Maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And the kind of people that are drawn into politics and probably in media, they're probably all psychopathic on some level. Well, I mean, there's also people who don't want that. They just want they want to follow. Right. Right. And they want to, but they want to follow a good leader. Yes. Yeah. Which is the other thing that's, I saw Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son. Uh-huh. He's really good on Twitter. He's very smart. He's got a lot of good takes. And he was saying that he thinks we, is it possible we're evolving past the need for uh, political leaders? I forget the exact tweet. Um but it was something to that effect, which I've been thinking about. Do we need presidents anymore? Do we need, you know, we got rid of kings and queens. That was good. And that, but now, you know, we still have presidents and we, we turn them into parental figures on some level. And we like that. Mm -hmm. We like, we love to love them. We love to hate them, whatever it is. Like we project all kinds of things onto them. The crown. The, is that what the crown is all about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're, if you're the president, your dad, or if you're the queen, your mom, like, you, you know, that's what it is. That's, that's, that's what it is psychically, right? Unconsciously for people. 
And so there's a way that then the population is really infantilized. And I don't want that. I don't want to, I don't need a president. I'm the, I'll be the, my own king. I'll be the king of my own domain. And I think maybe that's part of what's happening. We should, we should evolve. We should grow up out of this uh, teenage state that we're in and, and giving our power over to governments to make decisions on our behalf. I mean, certainly we need governments to, uh, you know, pave our roads and have a military. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying get rid of government. Uh, but our relationship to our leaders, I think is, is maybe, I hope we're outgrowing it. I, I feel that. I want that. I mean, you know, Mary, getting back to Mary, I mean, she was the first one to say to me, uh, why don't we just have AI run everything? <laughs> you know, and, and people talk about that. If you read, you know, Yuval Harari's book, Homo Deus, it's all about that. You know, if they're, if the, it, it, human beings are not rational, we know that. We don't make rational decisions. And AI is far more rational than, than we are, is able to calculate, you know, all the variances and situations and come up with much better solutions to problems than we can already. And it's only getting better and better and better. Why wouldn't we just put them in control of everything? Why wouldn't, and I think the kids growing up now, they'll be like, yeah, it'll be obvious to them. Hmm. Yeah, of course, let the machine figure out the best way to tax people or uh, the best way to run healthcare or what about, the best way to run the education system. What about emotions? Well, I think what, ha I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. I, mean, I don't know what happens with that, but the, I, I think the idea with AI is that we essentially outsource our rational mind. So if you have, like right now you have Siri, I mean, you've seen the movie Her. Yeah. Right, where it's like you have this learning AI that, that knows ev learns everything about you and then becomes this perfect companion for you and it feels like a human and he falls in love with her. Well, the idea is that we're gonna have like a Siri or an Alexa that's going to know us better than we know ourselves. That's already true. The, the algorithm already knows us better than we know ourselves and can predict our behavior better than we can predict it or better than anybody who knows us can predict it. That's like the like, Facebook ads that pop up mysteriously. Yeah, like exactly. How, how did it know? Yeah. Well, how did it know? But it's also, it knows what you're gonna do. It knows how it's, it knows how you're gonna behave better than you how, know how you're going to be. It's more predictive. It can predict your behavior better than anybody. What does it know that I'm going to do? Just anything, anything that you're going to do. What you're going to buy, it knows if you're, it probably if you're active on social media, it knows when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're uh, going to break up with your boyfriend, when you're in love with your boyfriend, whatever it is. Like it knows everything. If you're active on social media, it knows everything about you. I mean, you, you know, you saw this in the social dilemma. Right. Okay. So the idea is that these, this AI will, so once you have a machine, like, like imagine her, right? Mm -hmm. It's your phone talks to you perfectly. Um, that knows you better than you know yourself. It's, and can make better decisions for you than you can make for yourself. Cause of course we get influenced by emotion. It's, it's hard to make rational decisions. It's going to tell you, it's going to look at a dating app and say you have a 
here's, you know, four people to date. This person, you have an 88% chance of it working out. This person, you have a 74% chance. It's going to rank them. And it's probably going to be extremely accurate, much more accurate than you're going to be able to be. And so you're going to, are you going to not follow the advice of the machine that's telling you that? You're going to trust your own gut if that's what you really want? But what about all the bad choices that I made that <laughs> taught me something about myself? Yeah, no, I, of course, I think we're evolving into something different, a different kind of species. I think Where that's, we don't have to go through all of that. Is that, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I can't imagine. I don't think any of us can imagine what that reality is going to actually be like, or, I mean, if it's going to happen, but the potential is there and it makes sense. If you have a machine, if I, if I knew that I could plug this information into a machine and it was going to tell me the best course of action I should take for my career or how to make money or how to be successful, how to be happy, whatever. You should live here. You should do this kind of job. You should marry this kind of woman, whatever it is. You should have this many kids. This kind of dog suits your temperament. You're not going to listen. It's hard. It's, you know, you probably are. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think more and more the new- I mean, on some level, we already are. Well, we already are. I mean, you turn on your maps and it tells you where to go. Mm. I mean, that's just the first step of it, but it's also a lot of investment apps are just like, you give them your money and an AI is like, we're going to invest it for you. Like we're tracking mm -hmm. the market. This, you know, this algorithm's tracking the market and- we're going to be able to see it far better than any human. So just trust us. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Why would I, I mean, they're already doing it with, you know, doctors have a, 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 a artificial intelligence doctors have a much more uh, accurate diagnosis rate than human doctors. I, I don't want a human diagnosing me. I want a fucking machine. So, okay. But in the meantime, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, I mean, like, mm -hmm. if that's where you think that we're going, or like a possibility of where yeah, we're going. Yeah, I do think it's where we're going. How, like, in your opinion, how do you feel that we are, like, best prepared for that reality? I don't know. I mean, it's scary. I mean, I love talking about it because it's interesting, but I don't really feel into it. It's it's terrifying because it, it does feel like we lose some of our humanity. And where does where does God fit in? Where does spirituality fit in? I don't know. Where does love fit in? But it seems like society is being run by now by technocrats, and I'm not saying that. Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg are not, you know, don't have feelings of love and compassion and empathy. And they do, of course they do, but they're so wired into the technology. It, it, we And we know how technology is, is changing us. It's changing our, literally changing our brains. So we're becoming something else. Mm. I don't know. I mean, in the meantime, what, you know, do whatever makes you feel good. Mm. 
And I think that's probably what's underneath all of this, like going back to the original conversation about fear. You know, everything's changing. The world is changing so rapidly and in ways that most people do not understand. I mean, I'm, I read a lot and so I can talk about it in a certain way, but I'm barely understand this shit, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And the average person doesn't understand it at all. So people have to be scared because they can see what's happening. They can see the way the world is changing. They don't know where it's going. Things feel out of control. All of the old structures people can feel are coming crumbling down. It's not working. Of course it's not working. You know, all of the, the financial system, the government system, you know, the, just everything, the, all of our social interaction, everything we've built up is it no longer really makes sense for the world that we now live in and the world that we're going to live in moving forward. So it, all of these structures have to change and they have to come crumbling down. And I don't think that happens without a lot of chaos and upheaval and potentially, you know, revolution. This is how this stuff tends to play out. I mean, whether it's a literal revolution or a, you know, a, a, a virtual, a virtual revolution, I don't know, but it feels like we're in the midst of some kind of revolution or when there's, that there's some revolutionary way. Yeah. Yeah. Something wants to emerge, you know, like when you really understand, or I don't really understand it, but I think I understand, I think I understand Bitcoin enough and the blockchain enough to know that it will completely upend the current financial system. And, and that it makes much more sense and it's much more efficient than the current financial system. And I mean, so just mm -hmm. to simply, simply, if you could simply put it in words, what that actually looks like. Well, it's, it's you know, decentralized. Mm -hmm. So no, there's no bank. Okay. There's no central power that is controlling it. So just, so just think, just think about that. Just think about that as a concept, like forget about it in terms of money and go back to what I was saying, you know, that Sean Lennon said, but are we ready to get rid of kings and queens, prime oh, ministers? So it's and, in the hands of everyone. Yeah. Potentially. Every, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's oh. no bank. It's just you and me. And, and different things can be built off it. And there's ways to achieve, you can get financing and different things like DeFi is what they call it, decentralized finance. So people can lend their Bitcoin to these certain uh, exchanges and then other people can, you know, use that Bitcoin to, um, you know, as capital for things that they're trying to build. The same way that hedge funds work, just it's all so virtual. So it's like, it, it's like little businesses could be built up mm -hmm. through all of this. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But no, there's no central authorities. There's nobody running it. There's no boss. It's, it's like just it's between you and me. Yeah, it's the people. It's what they call it, the people's money. Uh huh. You know, and so I like I think and I think that's what's happening. 
which is interesting because that's what Anne would always talk about in, in her own way. Like leaders, we don't need leaders anymore. Right. Like she was mm -hmm. on to something. Because we're all leaders. We're all leaders. Like uh -huh. be your own leader. Right. And so that's what I, that's what to me feels really exciting. And I, I want it to happen in government. Yeah, I'm ready for the government. I don't want the government. I want a functioning uh, bureaucracy that takes, like I said, paves the roads. And I, I don't, I don't, these, I think the whole system could and will ultimately change. And so you can imagine that if you're part of the old system and you can feel that the system is changing, what are you going to do? You're going to try to consolidate your power. You're going to try to stop that change. And, you know, so the level of corruption is going to be greater and greater as the threat to your power uh, becomes greater and greater. And I, I think that's what hap is happening. I think that's what the tension is. And the propaganda on both sides is incredibly strong. Like we're in, we are lit. I do believe we are in a civil war. Obviously it's not on the, you know, field with muskets, but it's, it's being played out in our consciousness through social media virtually. And uh, it's, you know, we're trying to, they're trying to, get inside people's heads, get, the, you know, what they believe and impact what they believe and build armies through shared beliefs. And it's all propaganda. It's all persuasion. There's nothing is true. And I think that's also why people are feeling, are freaking out because they can feel this place where it's like, what is real anymore? Mm -hmm. Like what's real? Like Fauci says, <laughs> You know, he says new shit every time. No masks. Don't wear the mask. It's bad. Oh, masks are good. Now to wear two masks. And I and I, I can rationalize what he's saying, but like how it feels is what the fuck, dude? Get your story straight. Like, what, are you fucking with me? Like, what's happening here? You know, it's just like kids freak out when their mom or their dad is inconsistent with the rules. They're like, ah! Mm -hmm. They don't like it. They freak out. And that's how it feels, particularly with coronavirus. And they keep telling us, oh, science, science. It's like, well, it doesn't seem like you're following the science. It just seems like you're making this up as you go, which by the way is fine. Just, just let us know that that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Stop pretending that you, you have this all figured out. You don't. I mean, I know they're doing their, I, I, I don't know. I, I think some of them are doing their best and I think others are like completely corrupt. I think Fauci's like fucking evil. If you go, apparently you go back and see how he handled all the, the AIDS crisis. Like he's, 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 he's got, he's got a shady past. He's a bureaucrat. Okay, but when you say evil, what does that, what does that actually mean? I mean, I think he's, what does evil to me mean? It's like, in, yeah. in, uh, um, complete unconsciousness about his own behavior and what he's doing. And he's always acting on some level in his own self-interest. Although he's, but he's talking about what he's doing as though it's in the interest of, of everybody, but he's just, he's really just acting in his own self-interest all the time. I mean, he's got stakes in all these vaccines. He's making tons of money. I mean, the guy's worth over a hundred million dollars. He's in the business. And, and again, it just, it's just incentives. It's how it works, how your mind works. If I had, if I knew I was going to make billions of dollars off these vaccines, 
I'd be on Facebook every day saying, everybody's got to take the vaccine. These vaccines are awesome. I got, <laughs> of course I'm going to be saying that. And, and I probably would 100% believe it. And I would, this is how we know this about how human beings work. We're completely subject to this kind of bias. So again, it's not even evil in the sense that it's, it's, it's devious. It's just evil in the sense that it, it's completely unconscious. Mm-hmm. And we just, you just have to look at the incentives. And once you understand human bias, right? We're all nuts. And there's a beauty in it. You know, what's the beauty? Well, this is humanity. This is who we are. Like, you know, don't you have to see the beauty of it? Like, what's what was God looking down, shaking his finger, going like, "Oh my God, what did I do? These people are crazy." Like, he's he's got to be laughing, I would think. He see he's I mean, seeing the the, the perfection and beauty and all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think even in the, in the, in the tragedy and the despair and the cruelty, I mean, that's, that's, I can't really get there day to day, you know, cause I'm a human and I get triggered and I see shit I don't like, and I feel threatened and I judge and get upset and all that shit. But if I really go there, it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. It's all like Adam Townsend is he's just great with that. You know, he's he's just like, it is what it is. You know, about all the stuff that's happening. He's like, just figure out a way to make peace with it. And he talks about it, but there's he doesn't he doesn't have a real charge. He analyzes it, he thinks about it, and he makes his evaluations, but he doesn't he's not he doesn't appear to be upset by it. He's looking at it like a scientist, just interesting, huh? Trying to get to the truth of it. And in some way, because the more he knows what the truth is, the better equipped he is to navigate it for his own benefit. Mm. And that's sort of what he seems to be, or my interpretation of what he seems to be preaching. Don't, don't get in the fight in, in, in a sense, just know what, but know what is actually going on. and live your best life <laughs> kind of thing. Okay, but how do you know what's going on? Well, I don't know. We're all, I guess everybody figures like, feels like they know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is, this is, <laughs> but I'm right, <laughs> clearly. And right. all of the listeners, I'm sure have figured that out by now, <laughs> that I am correct. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. No, like- we, we don't know. We don't know. I'm sure I'm wrong about a lot of things. I'm sure I'm getting a lot of things. Of course I'm getting a lot of things wrong. I don't have any perspective, but. And you have bias. And I have bias, but I also, I don't know. Right. I've, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I listen to people who are not uh, partisan. I don't read partisans. I don't trust any partisan on either side. And uh, people who seem to be able to accurately predict 
the future to some degree, because the idea being, you know, the Scott Adams says, if you can accurately predict the future, not perfectly, but with some degree of uh, accuracy, uh, that you probably have a, a, uh, uh, a frame of reality that is, uh, that is true. Okay. But what if I don't trust Scott Adams? Well, you don't have to trust Scott Adams, but I, I, I believe in that. I believe that if you, that if you're, if, if you're seeing reality clearly, you can probably see patterns and you could probably see what's coming. Hmm. Like if you're consistently surprised <laughs> by the events of the world, you're probably not in reality. Where are you? In some kind of delusion, which is fine. I mean, maybe we're all in delusion, but you want to be in a delusion that's can you want to you want to be able to see the delusion. I mean, isn't that really what mm. all the meditative practices are about? Seeing, you know, the Maya, the veil of disillusion in the world and in your own, also in your own mind and your own self and to hold it lightly and to see that it's all a game, that nothing's really real. It's just a dream or the, you know, the, the technologist call it, uh, you know, the simulation, but it's the same thing. Simulation is a game. It's all a game, none of it's real. And can you, you know, or as David Cho says, you have to treat life like totally fucking seriously. And it's a total joke at the same time. Like you have to hold <laughs> both, like you have to be completely invested all in and see the whole thing as, as a joke. And can you hold those two poles? I think, I think that's right. It feels right to me. Mm -hmm. How does, how does all that feel to you? I mean, I'm just unloading. Does it feel, uh, it feels good. Oh, it does. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it feels good to hear you speak your philosophy or your way of thinking all the way out, you know? Right. Right. And I, I, I like hearing what mm. you're saying. Um, you know, sometimes we've had this conversation, Yeah. you know, when you're posting on Facebook or you're, you know, kind of putting th little things out. I, I don't always, I don't always like what you're saying, or I don't like the feeling that's coming off of it. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know that there's all this other stuff that's going on for you. Mm -hmm. And that, like, so to hear it all the way out in this way, it feels really good. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess it takes this kind of format. Mm. It takes. Because, you know, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to get it out on social media. Why do you say that? 
well, maybe it's just hard for me or maybe I have, you know, my own uh, defense, you know. Well, uh, okay. So what are we, what are you defending against? Uh, not being seen and understood. I mean, I understand like lately there's de definitely been a fuck you to, to my, to my Facebook posts in part, you know, which I'm, I'm very comfortable with. I'm, I'm very happy about it. I, I want, I needed to express my go fuck yourself to uh, a lot of my friends who spent the last four years judging me for voting for Trump and being dicks about it. And I sat pretty much silently, mostly, not occasionally, totally. not totally, <laughs> but I wasn't uh, blasting away all the time. Right. You know, I was pretty low key. Uh, as the election came, I got more vocal and then they won. And it was just like, okay, you guys got what you wanted. And I'm going to fucking give you some of the fucking same motherfuckers. Fuck you. And also I want to <laughs> clear, I want to clear out the fucking, I want to clear house. Hmm. Clear house. Like, I don't want to, like, I, I, I don't want to, if you're not, I, I want to streamline my relationships what does I don't that have to, mean i, I don't want to i don't want to spend any time trying to convince people of anything anymore i think mm -hmm. i was doing that for a long time because i wanted to be seen and understood and it was painful not to be mm -hmm. so i feel that yeah there was like a fuck you back to people you know because i felt hurt mm -hmm. and you know i could feel my arrogance and my cruelty but also I, yeah, there's, I think, I think there's just people, certain people, friends that I'm probably have to leave behind and they're probably happy. They're probably leaving me behind mm -hmm. it, and it's just what life is and it's okay. And I wish everybody well, like I don't have any, mm -hmm. uh, I want people to be, um, happy and fulfilled and successful. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not harboring any resentment. Does that include, can, can, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to say something you might want to cut this part out. Yeah. Yeah. Does <laughs> but that does include... that include your mother? Yes, of course that includes my mother. My mother's not really involved in all of this. It's something separate, you know, but yes, of course it includes my mother. Well, I want to, I'm, I'm going to bring something out that's like, you know, maybe it's kind of personal, but I'm going to just Go say ahead. it and you can like, I know that she liked something on one of your Facebook posts uh -huh. that was, um, that was basically like, <laughs> um, with the other side <laughs> you know? uh -huh. and not supporting her son. Yes, there was two comments that she liked. I came out with some pretty intense videos, I think, early on in the pandemic. And somebody suggested that I was having a, quote, trauma response, which is, which in some way is fair, but we're all having a trauma response, by the way. <laughs> you know, and I'm expressing myself. So go fuck yourself. Like, you know what I mean? I'm allowed to express myself. Like, it, it, it's kind of a, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't like that. Cause I could come back and say, well, you're having a trauma response to my video. It, it's an, it's mm -hmm. endless, 
you know, but anyway, my mother liked that comment. And the comment was, you know, it was, it was challenging and, and it was not really, I guess, kind of fair, but calling me out and where's the higher self in this. And, and my mom liked that. And then there were some other comments some other video or something is similar. And she liked it where it's, you know, people were challenging me, but not, not in a way that I felt was really understanding what the fuck I was talking about, hmm. which is a kind of a problem. You know, um, and that's also part of it. You know, it, it, I'm sure, it, you know, people listening now, they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It doesn't make sense to them, you know? And so they, 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 they kind of put it in a category or, you know, in a way that feels mm -hmm. safe or comfortable to their, their framework of reality, which, you know, and it's, but that's painful to me. It's, it's painful to not be seen and understood, mm -hmm. especially by your mother, you know, but that's my history. So, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's where I get caught up. Right. Where you don't get seen. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel compassion for your mom? Of course. Yeah. I feel a lot of compassion for my mother. I mean, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I can include all this in, but I mean, I think, I think at a very early age, I realized that I was more powerful than my mother. It's not a good thing to realize, especially when there's no father around. And that's part of what happens to, uh, you know, how children become narcissists or, you know, in our language, psychopathic, because their energy can't be contained. Mm. There's no container for me. Nobody can contain me. So I had to learn to contain myself too early. And I could feel that, I could just feel like I was, you know, yeah, I was, I was on my own. 11, maybe I figured this out. And it's lonely. And so there's a, there's a way in which she's trying to survive. She was trying to survive even when she had me and my brother. And that was at the expense of, I think, my needs sometimes, which is normal. Mm -hmm. She's human. She was in a very, very difficult situation. Young mother with two kids, divorced, working as a waitress. I mean, she's doing everything she can to survive. But I, you know, I got, I got hurt. And, uh, and the, the residue of that pain is probably, probably going to be with me for the rest of my life. You know, it's a deep wound and it's, it orients me, you know, toward reality in a certain kind of way, which is like, yeah, I'm on my own. People don't get me, you know? Um, and if I really come all the way out, it's too much. 
it can't be handled. There's no container for it. I'm either going to be, uh, I'm either going to be uh, adored or completely shut down. And so obviously I want to be adored. So I'm going to um, bring out the part of me that that's going to win adoration. I'm going to, you know, create this mask that's going to allow me to get the love and attention that I need. And so I carried that out through my life. That's, you know, that's what I did as an actor. I played that out until I felt the, the fraud of it self-betrayal and i think i've spent the last 15 years trying to find the true essence of my voice mm -hmm. and what is it that i really think and in, so in some way trump was like <laughs> became the vehicle through which i gained my autonomy i individuated from uh even though my mother was totally down my mother you know voted for mm -hmm. trump it wasn't, I didn't individuate from her, but individuated from my tribe, you know, from like, I stopped, I found myself and I, and I came to that truth on my own, you know, in spite of everybody around me thinking something different. And it was scary as hell. It's terrifying to think differently than almost everybody, you know, mm. And not just think differently, but like support somebody that they feel is evil. So yeah, I'm I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, some of my behavior was uh, influenced by the edges, uh, the fear uh, that 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 was sitting that I was sitting with. And so I'm sure I was, you know, cruel or defended or distorted often. But that's also part of the coming out. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am cruel. You know, like to let myself feel like, Sometimes. Yeah, my area. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. To let myself feel and let that be seen. You know? And to be willing to lose people. Including your mother. Yeah. Who don't see it. Or or or, or it challenges something inside them that has nothing to do with me, but it's mm -hmm. You know, I'm her son, so in some way I'm a reflection of her. So I'm sure unconsciously all parents want their kids to be a good reflection, good in, in their mind, what's good in, for them. And when they're not, it's challenging. And it's challenging for the child to go against that, mm -hmm. to risk the love of the parent, to primal. So, I hope that goes in. <laughs> <laughs> that it goes in. <laughs> what? It goes in the and, podcast? Yeah. All of that? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, 
I mean, because it is this is what you're doing. What am I doing? Um, you're healing yourself. Right. Like this is part of part of that, and you're showing like mm -hmm. what you just described, is, right? Is is how to do like how you've done that, the process of it, you know? Right. Yeah, I want to get free, mm -hmm. and you know, to come back to where we started with the Red Scare ladies, who I love, Dasha. If you're listening, I I love you. <laughs> I love you. She's like all the women in the uh, Godard films, those, those French. Do you ever watch Godard films? No. He had a certain type that he was, and it is totally my type. He's hyper feminine, kind of like women who are really cute and sexy, but aloof and intellectual, <laughs> but, but also stupid, silly, you know. And she's exactly that type. Like she, if Godard was around, she'd be like the star of all of his movies. <laughs> like Anna Karina. So I, yes, I love her. But they, for whatever reason, yeah, they seem to me free to just, I mean, I'm sure they have stuff, but they're free in, in their way. And it was inspiring mm. to me because, yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. I want to be free to, to, say what I think and be who I am and, and to Maybe be undefended in it. To be, to be un undefended, to be not, you know, because if I, if to relax into myself enough and to accept myself enough and to be able to just be who I am in the world, that if people don't understand or they don't get it or they judge or they criticize, it's like, it's okay. Even my mother, even those closest to me, you know, that, I, that they can have that and that I can know that it actually has nothing to do with me, that I can hold that. And I can hold that at certain times, but I can hold that, you know, in my work, when I'm doing workshops, but in my personal life, it's much harder to hold. So that's what I want to hold because that's, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to emulate. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I teach. And, uh, and that's, I, that's where freedom lies. I think I want to be free. The end. 